thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Got your Bibles. Let's go. Second Timothy chapter three. I'm going to start in verse one. And I have a warning to you. And that is that um, the very first sermon that I ever preached was this text when I was 15 years old. And so 30 years ago, I haven't, I don't know how many times I've just focused in on just this text. I'm hoping that it's better than it was 30 years ago. Uh, but it's kind of a funny text for me to think about that this was literally my first sermon. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to read it and then we'll pray. All right. But mark this, Paul says, comes to the end of his life. Um, he's coming towards the end, speaking to young Timothy. And he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Can I get an amen? All right. Uh, it's family Sunday. He's going to stop right there. No, just kidding. Uh, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Here's the phrase, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Uh, Thinking about uh, what kind of 15-year-old picks that as their text, for their first sermon. And just for fun, I'll tell you what I did was I, I said, I want to prove to you guys that we're living in the last days. So I just read this list and I said, we're all those things. And so, you know, it's the end. So anyway, that's, that was my 15 year old logic. It was an actually an end time sermon. Um, and, uh, but I want to, I want to go after this phrase right here as we start this series, uh, where Paul comes to the end here and says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Father, we love you today. And God, as we look towards 2022, I pray that it would be a year of supernatural power. Father, we ask that we would be a church where it's God at work more than man at work. That it's not programming, it's, po- it's power of God in our midst. It's not what we can do, it's not our forms. It's just God at work in a supernatural way. We love you today. We honor you. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, all of Radiant said amen. amen. This is a pretty, uh, pretty powerful list. And when you read this list, it's, it's a list of sins that are pretty overwhelming. And it's probably a list of sins that we look at and we think terrible, 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 terrible. Wow, wow, wow. And when you get to this last one where he says, having a form of godliness but denying its power, I think it's easy for us to say that's a lesser sin. Like, come on, man. I mean, when you read the, the magnitude of abusive, proud, I mean, unforgiving, slanderous, brutal, treacherous, rash, and then you get to just this phrase, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. It's probably something that we would think is lesser because we're so used to it. Because it's so common. This idea of having a form of godliness. So on the outside, there's polish. 
On the outside, it looks good, but it lacks the interior power of God. It lacks the power to be godly, the power to walk in what God wants us to. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. To illustrate this, I think of a mannequin. If you go to the mall, which I've spent more time at the mall this month than any other month, uh, from January to November, I plan on a fast from the mall for the next 11 months, and then I'll spend December of 22 back at the mall again. But at the mall, you see mannequins, right? And mannequins are outer form, easy to even kind of look up, think they kind of could be a human. I mean, just looks just like them. Most of the mannequins look better than we do, right? <laughs> They're dressed in the clothes that we're dressed in or that we hope to be dressed in. But if you actually try to talk to them, it's a frustrating conversation. They're not real people. There's no life. They're just mannequins. And you get Paul here and he's saying, here is one of the sins. Mark this. And he's speaking of a future time, but he's also speaking of a present time. He's speaking of that time where that list of godlessness exists. And here's one of the ones that I think I wanted to highlight today because I think this is one of the ones it's easy to tolerate today. Got a form of godliness, but deny the power. I got the skeleton right, but the internals are off. Got the external looking good, but the internal is not. And if you meet somebody where the internal power of God is at work, man, you're attracted to it. Like you meet somebody and they've got the, the, the kind of relationship with God, the kind of activity going on in their relationship with God, that it's, it's vital and alive. And so they're giving clear words from God. I mean, they're speaking and it's a spirit filled. It is life you're like, I want some of that. You, you connect and you see somebody and they're walking in a form of supernatural power, laying hands on the sick. They're, they're, they pray for somebody and they're healed. You see God at work. You see, a, you see real power of God in and through somebody. It's attractive and it's the way that the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to live. It's the way that we, by I mean, Jesus' own words, he said, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And those two are connected. Because man, when you have the power of God, a witness is someone who tells what they've seen and they've heard. And when you have someone telling what they've seen and they've heard with power on the inside, woo, it's a force. But you have someone who's talking and they haven't seen much or heard much and they've got no power, then the rest of the world goes, I don't really care what you have to say. So it's easy for you and for me over time, though, to out of a religious discipline in our own internal lives, so our own personal walk with God, put on some polish and even the church of Jesus Christ to run some programming and have programming, but no power, have polish, but no power. And for you and me to kind of be plastic and have no power. And we think, well, that's better than nothing, although here Paul speaks of it as, actually, this is godlessness. And he says, there's something tragic when the people of God walk with some polish, but they have no power because you and I are supposed to be the witnesses. And so if we misrepresent Jesus to a world that desperately needs him by possessing some of the external 
plans, processes, smiles, polish, but no power, then we misrepresent Jesus to the world. So it's actually our opportunity and our privilege to say, I refuse to live a powerless life. I want the power of God. And my hope is that we would go into 2022 with you desiring that in your personal life and for us as a church to step into power. So I want to give you just a few thoughts on a beginner's guide to power. How do I get started? How do I move forward with power? The first is this. I just want us to look at Galatians 5. And I want you to think friendship over flesh. One of the biggest hindrances to you walking in the power of God is your flesh. Look at this. Paul says it uh, to the church in Galatia this way. Chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit was contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to so that you are not to do whatever you want. You know what the American way is? It's right there. (laughs) Whatever you want. I mean, Paul just puts it, but only Paul puts it with you are not to do whatever you want. I grew up with commercials. We do it the way you want it when we do it like you do it. I mean, like. What I want, when I want it, how I want it, uh, I want to get it on my app. I don't even want to do going into, I want what I want. And so I'm telling you, baby step one into power is saying, I'm going to choose to walk in the spirit, friendship with the spirit, walk in step with the spirit, in relationship, in dialogue with the Holy Spirit instead of my flesh. Oh, David, no, no, no. We're talking power. Let's go TV shows and, and missions trips and like big, real exciting power. Hold on. That's part of the problem. Don't think platforms and big moments. Think small moments when nobody's looking. That's your first step into power. Your first step is, all right, I'm in a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, not an it and not a dove. I know that we think it's still a dove. It's not an it. It's a he. He. It's a person. The Holy Spirit's a person. So you're walking in dialogue and in relationship with a person. Some of us think it's a, that the Holy Spirit, that it, as a force or as a dove, there was a, a moment where we read in the baptism event where he came down like a dove, but it's like a dove. He's trying to explain supernatural activity to plain old us. And so saying like a dove, but we just kind of see flannel graphs in Sunday school and memorize the Holy Spirit as a dove, symbolize it on all of our logos as a dove, and we think the Holy Spirit's still a dove. Holy Spirit is a person. All right? So you think of a person, not a dove, and you'll start to go, okay, I'm, 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 I'm actually, di- like if I'm dialoguing, if I'm doing life with Renata, I'm thinking about what Renata likes. So that means I'm not thinking seafood for dinner tonight. I'm thinking chocolate for dessert, right? Why? Because I'm thinking about what she likes. You with me? Seafood is what I like, right? So in the same, she's a person. She's got real opinions. Here's what the Holy Spirit works with with you. Sorry, babe. I know I go back to that chocolate thing over and over again. I'll just, I'll just keep beating that drum. Sorry, I'll work on it. I'll think of other illustrations. But if you, think of, if you think of a person, the Holy Spirit, like someone who is 
is sinless and transforming you, and you're wanting to walk with that person, this is your first step where you're honoring, delighting Holy Spirit in you, and you're wanting this transformation of not what I want, but what the Spirit wants. So it's friendship over my flesh. And, and you'll start to experience that friendship with the Holy Spirit, that fellowship with the Holy Spirit, where what the Holy Spirit has, which is power, start to exist in your life. And when you get that, it doesn't start with big Christian TV show. <laughs> Here's where it starts with listening, talking, making a voluntary choice to do what the Spirit is saying instead of doing what I want. When I was in um, high school, one of my closest friends wanted a Ford Mustang for when we turned 16. And um, that was because we were all impacted in those years by Vanilla Ice. Um, ice, ice, baby. Bum, 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 bum. I'm sorry, that wasn't a song. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, and ragtop down so my hair came though, right? So, but that, talked about a Mustang, right? Um, and so he wanted a convertible 5.0 Mustang. And his dad was very generous. And so his dad got him a second best thing. His dad said, a, 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 uh, a 5.0 is too dangerous. I don't want you having that much power. So I'm going to give you the Mustang. It was a red Mustang, but it's an LX. And then the dad went, paid extra money to have the external look exactly like 5.0 rag top down some hair cam. It looked powerful. He put on the race, the American racing wheels. He put on ground effects. He put tinted windows. It, uh, my, my neighbor had a 5.0. These two guys both had cars. They looked the exact, I mean, barely, I mean, almost exactly the same. Same year. One was an LX. One was a GT 5.0. They both looked the same. Only my, my closest buddy, not my neighbor, my closest buddy, his looked just like this guy's, but his, his was a little tiny I mean, little tiny engine, little LX engine, just little, mm. you, you rev that up and it just don't go, right? Well, uh, I was always jealous of that car because I, I was just, uh, I, I sh I'm the kind of guy that when you, we turned 16, we split candy bar three ways when we were five, but when we were 16, we split a car three ways, right? Like triplets, mm, here you go, split that, you know? Which what that really means is you can't eat a car. You just get it 33% of the time, right? So I was always wanting a car. So I had this idea. I bought my friend's car. So now his powerless Mustang became my powerless Mustang. 1997. And so then I started driving that. Here was the problem with driving around a powerless car that looked powerful. People would pull up and it was always great at first because they would look at you and they're like, wow, right? And then they'd rev their engine, vroom, vroom, right? And I'd look back at him, and deep down, I knew I got no power. I never won a race. I would lose to minivans, people. It, there, was, it was, there was no power in that Mustang. So I would never rev that engine. I'd just look back at them, Norman, Oklahoma, and be like, no. No matter what they're driving, like, you, you don't want any of this. Like, I'm too much for you, right? You can't handle this. Why? Because I know deep down I got no power, right? But I'm telling you this. You have a Christian like that who have a form 
of godliness, but no power. And we're just kind of pushing people. We look good, but when actually comes to let me pray for you and see a miracle in your life. When it actually comes to the transformative work of Jesus Christ, and I believe he'll change your life like he's changed mine. If we don't believe he's actually changed ours and we're still addicted to immorality and we're still living the way that we want and we really live for our flesh and really what Christianity looks for us is that we just pray to prayer now. We're just waiting to marinate on planet earth and go to heaven, but we can't see the power of God in our lives. Then we too will back off as well. Because deep down we know we don't really got much power. But if you believe in your bones that it's the real deal and you've got that 5-0 and somebody else pulls up and you know you have more power than you know what to do with, you're like, go time, baby, let's roll. And I'm telling you, the way that the Christian church is made to go is go time. It's, it's authentic. It's real. It's the power of God. And so the power of God at work inside of me for godliness, the power of God for miracles, the power of God to proclaim and to be a witness. You will receive dunamis power when the Holy Spirit comes. It's a Greek word that just means it's alive. It's like, it's like dynamite. Oh, it is like actually that. There you go. I learned that when I was 19. All right. It's, it's done. Sorry. I got my mentor on the front row, everybody. So you with me? You tracking with me? So I want you to think as you go into 21 days and really as we go into 22, just be real. We don't like to be real. We like to, the reason why that's hard to hear is because flesh is easy. Friendship with the Holy Spirit, where we let the Holy Spirit's ways win. That looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I'd just rather, I'd rather just do this one. So that you are not to do whatever you want. Ooh, I like, I like doing whatever I want. That's where we like to live. And so this is that moment where you choose. I choose friendship over flesh because you love the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is not a dove. Holy Spirit came down like a dove on Jesus, but it was anointing Jesus. And I'm just telling you, if you can see Ah, oh, I have a real friendship with a real person. It'll change the way that you think. I was thinking about this way. Um, I think in our, all of us know our flesh. Like, you know the things that we call them in our culture triggers, right? And uh, it's kind of a cute word to say sin, but we call them triggers. Um, and, and we'll say, I have these, these triggers. Somebody pulls out in front of me. Somebody goes slow in the fast lane. Um, you know, a lot of people of certain Enneagram numbers, they have more triggers than others, right? Like I'm just saying, (laughs) you know who you are. And so, um, so, so we have these things that we just justify flesh. We go, well, that's my flesh, my flesh, my flesh. Let's flip it and go the other side. What happened if we have like spirit triggers where it's such on ramps, such triggers into the spirit filled life that when those things come available, you can't help but seize those chances. So the Holy Spirit, so at work inside of you, I'm choosing friendship with the Holy Spirit over my flesh. And there's a teenager that needs discipled. I choose that instead of more football, a, um, opportunity to help the poor. I choose that instead of another app that I pay every month for that I don't even need. I'm going to, I see this person who's isolated and I'm going to walk over and have a conversation with them. And sometimes you'll meet people where they have those on ramps 
where they just, they choose it over and over again, right? Where they choose, they see it. They see the person who's in the hospital. And, and so they, it's like a trigger. It's like, a, I can't, I can't be content with this easy, do what I want life because I sense my friend, the Holy Spirit at work inside of me trigger on ramp where I want this. And what's amazing is when you have the people of God and all of us with our different gifts, when we all say yes to those instead of our flesh, we become powerful because then the people of God have the power of God and the church of God looks like a force to be reckoned with. But when the people of God look like mannequins and there's a form and they know what to say and they look good, but when you pull back, there's no vitality. There's no dynamite. There's no power. There's no life. Then the people that are watching the witnesses don't go, I want. I want what you have. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. Because they don't see power. Because really your life doesn't look any different. So it's our privilege because of our relationship with God, his transforming work in us and our love for the sake of others, their eternal destinies, their lives that are broken and shattered to be able to see Christ at work inside of you, to be able to see. And here's where it starts. I know where it starts, David. It starts with me mm, pulling out some anointing oil, going on YouTube and screaming, ha No, here's where it starts. It starts with just, you can choose conversation, obedience, fellowship, friendship with the Holy Spirit instead of my flesh and monotonous, off-stage, not platform moments. And that's where the church becomes powerful. That's where we get God at work inside of us. So, yeah, you can clap for that. Come on now. What's up? All right, second one is this. Second one is this, real easy. These are real simple, but we're going into 21 days of prayer. So prayer over passivity. Prayer over passivity. Paul prays this in Ephesians 3. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from, from whomever, sorry, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. And then how? Through the spirit. So spirit-filled power. I want you to have power through the spirit in your inner being. So one, I choose friendship over flesh. Two, I go, all right, I'm gonna go with prayer over passivity. All of us have a tendency to not only be powerless, but to be prayerless. Prayerlessness will cause the church to not be powerful. But if you go after prayer and you just pray first, it is priority. I put prayer above other things, period, period. Like I was just interviewing for our podcast, my sister, Deborah, and she made this great point. She said, it's just a done deal. Here's what she said. She said, I prepare the night before for what my time with my prayer time the next day is going to look like. 
Okay. So that put a new idea in my head. All right. And so for her, she said, so I'm thinking through about what I wear and the coffee and I've got those details planned out. Ahead of, why? Because it's a priority. So if you make that in your own life, easy to be passive. Oh, tomorrow. No time with God in your own life. Time with time, time of prayer in your family, time of prayer with your church. I'm telling you, it's the gateway to start to step into more power. Paul prays for it here. That's why I think that every time that you make the choice to lead a prayer meeting, like when we go into small groups, there's some of you are like, I don't know. I don't know what kind of small group to lead, but I feel this burden to lead. I'd like to lead. I'd like to serve. I'd like to make disciples, but I don't know. I'm not here. Here's Here's the best thing you can do. As your pastor, here's what I invite you to do. Lead a prayer group. Here's the easiest small group to lead. Hey, guys, how can I pray for you? Let's pray for each other. In a circle, at Starbucks, uh, in a home, at a park. I'm telling you. And it's, it is, it is, it's a power alley. And if you'll choose, I can do that. Like some of you think I can't do it because I don't know that I'm able to think detailed how through the book of Romans. So I just, but here's what, here's what you can do. You, you can go, I could sit with, I could sit with 15 year olds and ask how I could pray for them. Some of you are like, no, I couldn't do that. Okay. Well then I could sit with 40 year olds or I could sit with men or I could sit with women or I could sit, I could, I could have four people that Maybe don't even know God, right? Just say, how can I pray for you? How can we? I'm telling you. If it's, and and it's, 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 the, it's a gateway. It's a pathway into power. It's just developing a prayer life on your own with a family and a small group. Come into the prayer. If, you, if you're like, hey, I'm not ready to lead, I'd invite you. Just, just join us. We're doing prayer meetings frequently. We're going to do 21 days where we'll have one every night. Then we'll go into the small group semester. We'll have it, a weekly prayer meeting every week. It's a great way to just choose. All right, I got an opportunity. I could do, I could watch MacGyver again, or is that, is that still around? Um, the A-team uh, or something else. And, or, I could, or I could go to the prayer meeting, choose the prayer meeting. Oh, David, don't be so legalistic. Come on, take steps. Just, just take baby steps. Just take steps, okay, into prayer. prayer. Prayer is a pathway that you'll be surprised how you'll start to see some power. God at work. And it starts with you in those choices. Passivity is easy. Prayer, John Wesley said that. Prayer is where the action is. I just want to invite you to that. Third step is this. Endurance over exhaustion. Here's the way that many people talk. Mm, I'm just done with all that. I'm just, you know, I've been around prayer communities before or power believing communities before and it didn't work out like I'd hoped. So I'm going to punt on the whole concept. And they quit. Listen to Paul though. Colossians 1, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Hmm must believe in it. We continually, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord 
and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. A lot there. We did Colossians uh, earlier this year. Here's the verse I want you to get, verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Why? Here's the why. So that you may have great endurance and patience. Great endurance. I loved at our men's retreat uh, this fall where I got to see some of the men that have been enduring for decades. And one of the things I connected is that whenever you see people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and they've endured decades of walking with Jesus, you can usually find prayer at their core. Meaning, I've hung out, Renat and I have had dinner with people that are in their mid-70s, and their pursuit is mostly adventure in houses and vacations. And they, they got a little bit of they got a little bit of like um, church, you know, like little, 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 little form of godliness, but no power. And they're got a cold heart over time. Now it's offensive to say that. So we try to find, you know, nobody likes to say that, but at the end of the day, that's where it's at. And, um, and yet they've got church activity and they're good people, but when you really peel them open, it's been years of a form of godliness, but no power. But we've also sat with 70-year-olds. I was recently seated with a 77-year-old who was correcting me about how apathetic I was and how much more God wants to do through him in his next however many years he has left. Tears, global missions, prayer, alive, vibrant, worship, singing, and there's talk of Jesus. Okay. Now, if you're living for the American dream, well, you're not sure which one you go because maybe I want to end up with a little more adventure and a little nicer house. But if, if you've got this vision of eternity and this vision of Christ is all and this vision of really I want Jesus forever and ever, then that second one is far more powerful. And I think endurance is possible. You don't have to get so exhausted that you end up saying, here's the reason why I'm justified to quit on the power of God. This preacher was crazy and he said blank. This small group got nutty. You, if you'd have been there, then you'd check out like I do. My story is I've dealt with so many people that they always have a relational reaction as to why they no longer believe in power. But we're not the kind of people that form our conviction based upon a reaction to somebody else. We're the people that form our conviction based upon the word of God. And so we read the word of God and Paul prays that we would endure. Here is the way. I want you to have power. I pray for power. Why? So that you can endure. So it's actually your dream to end up 80 years old with tears in your eyes around the scriptures more than that fancy cabin. You might get both. You might end up with the, with, but we're talking about where your allegiance lies. 
Where, what, 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 what's the big touchdown? What's the big win? What's the goal? Oh man, I want to endure. And so I want to encourage you, endurance is possible and choose it. Choose it over exhaustion. Don't, don't, don't let giving up become the answer. Well, I just didn't experience enough. No, one of my favorite things in that men's retreat was just starting to connect the willingness of the burning heart to even invest in younger men, right? And I think for each one of you, as you think about, as we go into the next year, and you say, okay, God, I want the power of God, all right? So you, you, you work on your prayer life, and I want to endure. And you'd be surprised how much the Lord will use just your yes. God, wherever, wherever you want me. Because you, you, we tend to, listen, I know I just gave a shout out for the 75-year-olds, but if you're 30, let me tell you, the 15-year-olds think you're searching for burial plots. Like, you know, I'm just telling you. And if you'll just step in and say, all right, I can sit and help these guys take a step of faith. I can, I can talk about God's faithfulness in my 20s. They haven't even arrived in their 20s yet. It helps the vitality of, oh, I'm telling you, it's one of, it's one of the marks of a healthy church. One of the marks of a healthy church is not people that just come for what I can get but I'm looking for the place where I can make disciples. It's, you know what my job is? Here's my job. My job is to help create a place where you can serve, where you can pray, where you can help others, serve others, make disciples. It's not to entertain you. And so your is, is to just say, yes, Lord, what do you invite me to? What, what, what are you calling me to? The enemy wants you powerless. So I think of it this way. Enemy's plan A for your life is for you to just live for self, not give your life to Christ. That's, 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 that's what the enemy's plan A. But when you say yes to Jesus, he still attacks. The enemy is still coming after you. And the enemy's plan B is, okay, saved, but powerless. Saved, but ineffective. So don't think that the, the warfare quits. No, y you and I know that we're in a real battle. And Paul here is saying, this is the temptation to live with this, to, to go ahead and put all the plastic on and have the polish, but the enemy's still coming after you. And I want to invite us to be so aware of it that we don't live in it. I believe if you and I will step into power and it's all of us, Last lie of the enemy is to come. Not the last lie. The last lie I'm going to say today because the Chiefs game starts at three and you're fixing to be ready to go. <laughs> fixing. That's a little southern. Um, I think when I work with people, I tend to find people that think that power thing is for somebody else. You know? Like I'm just... That's, that's just, just... Let Hal have that story because he had a miracle story. But that's... I, I don't know. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Look at through the book of Acts. Look through the epistles. Look at with the trajectory of the Christian church. You and I are invited and called to walk in power. 
So power is not for just some, it's for all. I'll close with this. Uh, at our house, we eat dinner together uh, in our kitchen, and then uh, we have a tradition where we turn on music, we yell at Alexa, and we all do the dishes together um, while we dance. So Renata's got this like uh, sign in the kitchen that says, this kitchen is for dancing. So we all actually have like any music can, can go. And, and we're very kind of strict on kind of music that our kids can consume. But somehow when it comes to the dishes, I mean, the rock and roll from 1993 for David, mm, ice. I mean, anything can go. And uh, Renata's got a little country in her, just saying, I know it's a little. Uh, so so it's, we mix it up a little bit right there. We start dancing um, while we all do the dishes together. But we started doing that because it became at that moment where most of the time it was the moment where somebody had to go to the bathroom. Like just, it's like, it's amazing how when it's time to do the dishes, somebody's out. It's amazing how that's the moment where suddenly I got to finish my online homework right now. Like, right. Or I won't pick on the children or somebody's like, Hey guys, it's Saturday night. I got to preach in the morning. I'm out. I don't have time for dishes. Right. And so we just developed this. All right. Music goes on and the dishes is an all play. Everybody does the dishes together. Right. I just want to invite you when it comes to the power of God and you, you, us, the power is not just for the Dorinskys and a few leaders. It's for all of us. It's God. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to choose friendship over my flesh. Good baby step. Second, I'm going to actually put on the calendar prayer time, my, my personal prayer time, my family, my small group, praying at the church, whatever. I'm a prioritized prayer, prayer over passivity. And all right. Okay. I'm going to endure. I want Paul praise it. I'm not going to give up on the power thing. I just grieve because I see so many that just, they just, well, I just choose a lesser form because they think, well, my experience hasn't caught up to that. So I'm going to stop. You didn't form your convictions based on your experience or reaction to other people. You formed it on the word of God. And so we're going after it. And I'm telling you, in 2022, we're going after this power thing. We're going after. God, we need your power. Because uh, Charles Spurgeon would take people to the Monday night prayer meeting and say, this is the powerhouse of the church. So we're going to start 22. Because we can, we can do all these things in 2022. And we got dreams. I'm telling you, we're dreaming amazing things in 2022. I'm excited about where God's taken us. But if we try to get it on our own, we can have a form, but no power. We ain't going anywhere. We want to see God. And if we, if we see God at work, then the watching world goes, mm, y'all are witnesses to something real. And I want what you have. Will you stand with me and let me just pray for you? Father, we come before you and we ask for supernatural power. We pray that we would be a church marked by power. I pray this 
dunamis power this ignites God at work. Would you just take a moment and would you just take 10 seconds, you and the Lord, and just say, God, what's, what's one step I can take? What's one power step? Just one yes. And then we just say that. Just yes. Holy Spirit, you're our friend. And we choose you over our flesh. Lead us. This is your space. You are God. Come, mark us. Today, if you've been doing whatever you want, like Paul talked about, and you say, I'm done with that, I want Jesus' way over my way, we would invite you to take a step of faith and surrender your life to Jesus. And what happens is, is because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, he's created a way for you to be in right standing with God. And you surrender your life. What you do is the yes. He's done all the work on the cross. Resurrection. And you can have new life in Christ today. If you want to begin that journey, I want to invite you just right now to say to Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. Save me, Jesus. I want to be in relationship with you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name.